0: You are listening to The Next Best Picture Podcast, and this is our review of the personal history of David Copperfield.
1: Whether I turn out to be the hero of my own story, or whether that station will be held by anybody else, these moments must show. My boyhood days seem now like a scarcely believable fiction.
2: London is full of wonders and wickedness, and it's ours, David, to go wherever we choose. Well, I'm not down there. Senators make that road impossible. Two tailors and a most unreasonable muffin man. Copperfield! Your mama is ill. How old is she? Very ill. Very ill. Very ill.
3: Very ill. Dangerously ill.
2: She's dead. We're very sorry.
1: I'm David Copperfield. I'm your nephew. You're the only family I have.
0: What do we do with him? I'm you. I wash him. Oh, donkeys! This is a donkey free zone! Move it! A remarkable woman very kind
1: you had nothing then you had something and now you got nothing again
0: so stands to write you'll have something again you were staring is there something wrong with me no
1: i apologize for my rudeness
0: think nothing of it sir
2: it speaks very well
0: it was actually me
2: By romeo do some work
0: oh, good morning <laughs> you know what i want a straight jacket a husband <laughs>
2: Feels like a party. Ha
1: ha! ha, ha.
0: ha, ha. time! time! time. time.
1: But this narrative is far more than mere fiction. It is, in fact,
3: written memory. And
0: have quite the ride on the way. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for The Personal History of David Copperfield, and the story is as follows. The life of David Copperfield from childhood to maturity with his own adventures and the web of friends and enemies he meets along the way. The film is starring Dev Patel, Anorin Bernard, Peter Capaldi, Morfid Clark, Daisy May Cooper, Rosalind Elazar Hugh Laurie, Tilda Swinton, Ben Whishaw, and Paul Whitehouse. It is written and directed by Armando Inanucci and co-written by Simon Blackwell. Joining me for this podcast review, I have Daniel Howitt. Hello, hello. Dan Baer. Top of the morning. And Josh Parham. Hello, hello. And it's funny because we were originally going to review New Mutants, but... Apparently, the studio does not want us to see New Mutants, and for good reason, according to my friend Daniel Howitt. (laughs) Yeah, you guys aren't missing anything. Don't worry about it. (laughs) So we're talking about the personal history of David Copperfield instead today, which, you know, it's an Armando Inannucci film. He has delivered uh, recently with In the Loop and The Death of Stalin, uh, two very highly entertaining movies that uh, have garnered critical acclaim, Oscar attention in some cases. And this movie debuted a year ago at the Toronto International Film Festival where Dan
2: Baer, I, I actually don't recall. Did you see it there? I did not see it there. Um, after the first, after the premiere, which I didn't, uh, which I did not have tickets to, it was announced that it would be opening in 2020. So it went a little bit down the list of things to watch. And on top of that, the reviews were. Good, but not great. So it went down the list further.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. And I could definitely kind of understand where people are coming from with that. I saw a lot of people saying that they love this movie, but then there were definitely a few names that I respected who said that they did not jive with this movie. Let's say uh, something just didn't necessarily click. So I didn't know where I was going to fall. All I know is that, I've really appreciated um, Inannucci's previous two movies and also the fact that he's the creator of Veep. I mean, come on.
3: Yes, yes.
0: So I'm very much in line with his humor most of the time. So that wasn't a concern. My main concern about this movie was its story, its adaptation of Charles Dickens uh, to the screen with this very, very talented uh, British cast. And unfortunately, my concerns did kind of come to the forefront and they were founded. This might be the most disconnected I have been to a movie's critical reception in 2020. And I'm very disappointed to say that. Um, It's actually my least favorite of Armando Inannucci's uh, three films. And I'm more than happy to get into why with all of you. But I want to hear from all of you first. What did you all think of the personal history of David Copperfield, Josh Parham?
3: Well, I think that when I finally kind of sat down to watch this movie, which was something that I had been anticipating, if only just for this cast there's a lot of people in this ensemble that i'm huge fans of i think that my ultimate feeling is just that it's it's fine it's okay um i didn't hate it and i think that it does have moments that uh feature some really good performances and uh are certainly kind of charming but it never really added up to a lot to me and i felt like storytelling never had a really good sense of momentum that really got you invested in these characters. And what I find so interesting is that I have not read um, the book that this movie is based on, but it really does feel like they took a very dense piece of work and kind of condensed it and it seems like even without reading the source material that you can tell there are things kind of missing in terms of character development to really get you into this story and i kind of felt that throughout the movie and that's why i was left at such a distance so it's handsomely made for sure it's got some good elements but it never really comes together as a completely enjoyable movie for me unfortunately all right daniel howitt what about you
1: yeah, I'm not too different from you guys. Uh, I I guess I would say I enjoyed the film as a whole. Um, no, I, I would say that. I would say that company. I enjoyed the film as a whole. Um, uh, like you guys, this is my first experience with the story. I've never read the book or seen any other adaptation. Um, and I, I found the, the movie to be charming. Um, most of that is thanks to Dev Patel, because he's just a completely charming individual. So uh, he carried the film really, really well. Um both with emotional moments and with the kind of whimsical nature of the film. Um, I, I I think I I am in agreement with the two of you in that this movie did not stick with me at all. Um, I I kind of just watched it and went, "Hmm, all right, that was fine. And then didn't think about it until I sat down to take some notes for this review. Um, because there's just not a lot of meat there. There's, um, I mentioned emotional moments. I, I I felt it in his performance, but didn't connect to any real emotion here other than charm. Um, but it's a very light film. It's a very easy watch. Um, it really flew by. It's breezy, and it's probably because of how episodic the film is. But the downside of the episodic nature of it is that you know uh, sections can drag, um, and th- there there wasn't enough through line between each of the episodic uh, between each of the episodes to really keep me invested in the characters so um you know so yeah i'm i'm i guess i'm more positive than you guys but barely um i think it's well written it's got some hints of the Ianucci wit um throughout which which is good and i think the the ensemble is is pretty solid but yeah uh didn't really stick with me but it's fine
0: okay all right
2: dan bear what about you um so when It was announced that this was Iannucci's next film after the death of Stalin. I was a little bit confused, to say the least. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um,
2: Mostly because it just seemed like a very strange choice. Um, this is a man who has made his name as being one of the foremost political satirists of his generation. And while there is some of that in Dickens' work, it's certainly not its um, you know, prime reason for being. And it just seemed like, huh, okay, That's a choice. Um, and watching it, i I couldn't. Quite shake that. I think it's still, after seeing it, a odd fit uh, of adapter and material. i it's 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 funny. it's enjoyable. It's the uh, production and costume design are the out of this world. <laughs>
1: yeah. um,
2: but there I think he try he brings too much of the of his love of farce and uh, fast-paced comedy to it and um like daniel how it said it 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 just kind of flies by and there's not a lot to grab onto other than the charm of the cast. And the cast is very charming. And look, I will never turn down an opportunity to see British actors go hog wild and chew the scenery in whatever way they please, because it's nearly always entertaining and it is entertaining here. I was very entertained by it, but I think that his desire to have everything go fast, 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 it doesn't lend itself to this material because there are some emotional moments. And whenever those sort of... I, I think it's mostly like the plot things. He's really interested in watching these characters bounce off each other and have the actors go, you know, go all in on making these really big characters. And whenever the plot elements... Come in! It the thing sort of grinds to a halt, and the the tone just it doesn't. Those two tones don't mesh well together. Um, he's not able to find a way to manage that balance, and because of that, those plot moments come, and you're like, oh, huh, <laughs> and, and it leaves the movie feeling very unsatisfying.
0: You know, Dan. I wish I could agree with you that like the kite that they fly in this movie, that this movie flies on by, but it's two hours long. And when they're going at this kind of a pace with the humor and the wit, you know, trading in the uh, vulgar insults of uh, his previous two films for just more satirical wit that gets exhausting after a while. And even the the laughs, which were the only things that were kind of holding my interest throughout because I really, really lost interest in this story once I realized that it was a basic coming-of-age story. Um, yeah, like, the casting is, is inspired because it's colorblind, and so that kind of gives it a more modern feel to it. And the humor is also very modern as well. But I, I really, really just felt so disconnected from the main narrative. Um, It didn't really give me a substantial reason enough to care. So in in all honesty, it really did feel like a slog to get through at times as it bounced from scene to scene. You mentioned episodic before, and I agree that as far as standalone scenes are concerned, this movie has a great number of them that actually, (laughs) on their own, as like a six-minute video clip here, eight-minute video clip there, they play wonderfully well, but cohesively, together as a whole, I just I, – I, I couldn't I couldn't get on board with that.
3: Yeah, I do sympathize with you a lot on that perspective, Matt. This movie does feel like it is so segmented within its sections that, yeah, you can point out to a certain point where it's like, yeah, you're kind of having a little bit of fun. But it never really – to me like it amounted to very much and in terms of the story and the characters there are big things that happen to them in these people's lives and it just sort of felt like you get a sentence explanation and then you're kind of done with it like Matilda Swinton's like I'm ruined and uh Hugh Laurie's like like a castle (laughs) yeah like I I mean Iannucci is a really talented writer and I think that he certainly delivers on that in some aspects, but just in terms of telling one cohesive story here, I did find it very difficult to, to get connected to the plight of these characters and that no matter how charming some individual moments were, that definitely was a really big hindrance for me liking the movie overall.
1: I I 100% agree that I I didn't connect to to any of the emotional moments and, and they definitely breezed through them, but I, I, I definitely wouldn't use the word slog really for this in in my experience, just because it, it was still, even though I wasn't really caring what was happening, um, the energy of the film was just so light and so um, uh, just uh, whimsical that, that it, it wasn't ever, it, it never felt like a chore to get through it. So yeah. I, I, I was never just sitting there going, Oh boy, I can't wait for this to end. But then once it ended, it just kind of, left my brain immediately because I didn't connect to any of it.
2: Yeah, that's where I am. I mean, I'll agree with
0: you that the ensemble all bring their a game and they're all light breezy and all of their performances are filled with just such joy. It, It is a delight. To watch these actors ham it up on screen, as Dan Baer was saying before, especially uh, Tilda Swinton, Peter Capaldi, Hugh Laurie. Oh, man. Laurie looks like he is having Mm -hmm. so much fun in this movie.
2: Yeah. And he has one of the quieter roles, which
0: is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And Dev Patel, too. Man, I mean, with each film role that he keeps on taking on, I just I'm at a point
2: where I'm wondering, is there anything that this guy can't do? Yeah, he's he's really good and it would be so easy for that character to be just the straight man that all of these eccentrics sort of um orbit around but he he really gives him a a character you know he's not just the guy who's sitting there and all this stuff is happening to he gives him agency and a personality and that i i was impressed
3: this is such a performance from Dev Patel. And and you're right, it's so easy to have made this character be very bland and just reactionary to things around him, but he does ground him in a really authentic way. And I don't know if I would ever say that this is like the best performance Patel has given, but I think it's another example of how great he is at leading a movie and providing some emotional depth, even when the story around him isn't serving him as best as he is As his performance is serving the movie overall. I mean, we've seen Dev Patel in
0: uh, light movies like The Best Exotic Old Hotel, or even um, some of his more joyous moments in Slumdog Millionaire, even though I wouldn't say that that's a light movie per se. But I've never seen him kind of let loose with this amount of energy before Mm -hmm. in a film. And there's just a lot of slapstick humor here that I really, really appreciate. Like when he's always continuously like bumping his head in the um, uh, the upside down boat. Oh, and the yeah, <laughs> yeah. <that was> great.
2: <laughs> or I love, I love every single bit of his courtship with um morford clark oh my gosh yes uh, <laughs> it's the most adorable thing first of all i mean she is just and the voice she puts on and her dog and then when she starts talking to the dog and he's like oh well i'm just i'm gonna match that and talk of uh mm. what's near me oh this tree <laughs> it's... or like when she
0: uh, at the very end is like may i hold your pens <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I agree. Their, their scenes together actually kind of brought me back into the movie a bit. There was definitely a spark that radiated all of a sudden, especially when you consider that uh, she believes that he has money when clearly he has none, and it just adds a uh, another layer of humor to all of their scenes together. I'm, I'm
1: going to say something that I feel like I'm, I'm going to get crucified for here. Um, I love Tilda Swinton. I think she's great. Oh, no! But... <laughs> I'm don't I'm, say it. I, I'm gonna say it. I'm kind of tired of the Tilda Swinton shtick. Oh. You know, oh. Okay, oh. it's just. Me. But I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep going anyway. I don't know how the character is written in the novel, so so I want to make that clear. Like maybe maybe she was really doing exactly what she was supposed to be doing, the way the character is supposed to be. So, but the way I received it, I. I she I feel like she's just always doing the quirky Tilda Swinton thing. I want to see a real performance from her, not just being, oh, look how weird Tilda Swinton is. Does that does am I the only one who feels this way?
0: I'm gonna argue, I'm gonna argue how it that the real Swinton performance that you're looking for, it's possible you may not have seen it, but I guarantee you it is in her filmography. There's a couple examples of it.
1: Oh yeah, no. Let me rephrase. Okay. I, I mean I mean recent. Like I just haven't seen that in a, in a while. Um, Like I, I know like she is a phenomenal actress. What I mean is she recently all that I've seen her in is her doing this weird shtick, you know. That's, yeah,
0: I that's think that I'm, she said something recently, maybe in an interview or somewhere. But I, I've had this in my head about her and I don't know where I heard it. But basically that she is, I don't want to say bored of acting, but uninspired unless if she's given like free reign to do whatever she wants, essentially. Sure. And that's why, like, in almost every time we see her now popping up in something, it's always uh, something quirky and unique and different, whether it's a uh, (laughs) – whether it's her role in Trainwreck or Snowpiercer or, um, you know, Suspiria even. Like, it it definitely doesn't feel like any of them are the same. Sure. But at the same time, I I can – I, I, I don't think it's her fault necessarily. I think it's more so. Th- I, I just don't think the writing benefited her as much in this movie as it has in other films. And I don't feel like she was. I was actually quite surprised that she wasn't to stand out amongst this ensemble cast for me.
2: Yeah. I, I'm going to push back a little bit because I actually think that I was impressed that she didn't go even bigger with it. <laughs> maybe. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe. Like she. It was. It, and this is such a strange thing to say, but her performance was merely eccentric. Mm-hmm. It it wasn't like it wasn't like a Snowpiercer level broad caricature. It was just sort of like, oh, this woman and her donkey fetish or anti fetish, <laughs> like you know, like it. But other than that, it felt. It felt more like an actual person than I think I've seen from her in a while. But I d- I do agree. Like it would be nice. It's nice to see her as a recognizable human, um, as opposed to these broad caricatures and stereotypes that she's tended to play recently. And I think what you're saying basically is that like you want to see her in a lead role again, as opposed to a supporting performance. Sure, I think
0: that's fair. Yeah,
1: I'm saying a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time since we had that actually from her. Now that
2: I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it's been since a bigger splash.
0: Yeah! Wow, five years. In terms of a standout in the cast, though, I have to admit the final ten minutes. Ben Wishaw, man, he was really going for it in those uh, final minutes of the film. There.
3: Yeah, I mean, you're <laughs> you're certainly not going to hear any complaints from me on that. That wasn't a layup, Josh. I
0: wasn't preaching to the <laughs> choir. I, I, was gen- I was I was mean, genuinely right. sincere.
3: <laughs> I, I know. I know. My reputation precedes me. I know. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I did very much enjoy his performance there are there's also a moment um like this dinner scene between him and dev patel i think is also really effective i think yeah although i would say an issue that i have and this is an issue that is persistent throughout this movie is that it sort of feels like that character is introduced and you get the outline of like him his backstory and his motivations and then we just fast forward immediately to where he is now the main antagonist and it felt like we were missing many scenes to establish that and to make us care and it's another example of in the moment yes i'm very much enjoying his performance and the banter that he has with the other actors but the meat of those scenes the the connective tissue of why we should be invested in these moments, I felt was severely lacking. And that was a problem, not just with that character. I felt it throughout the entire movie. Actually, the character I felt that the mm-hmm. most with was
0: uh, Anna and Bernard's uh, character, James Steer. Oh, Ford. yes. So underdeveloped. Right? Because it, that's him on the ship at the end, right? Mm-hmm. In, in the, yeah, when we get to that, I felt absolutely nothing at all.
3: Yeah, and like he also is sort of given... Like, they're, you're supposed to feel like you know him as one way, and then he sort of has this change where he becomes more complex. But we don't ever see the complexity. Like, we don't ever get to have a moment where we as an audience get to feel this change for this character. The movie just says that he has a change. And, yeah, especially when you get to the end of the movie where there's a big emotional kind of climax hinging on him It's just like, what are we doing? I I don't care. Why are we chasing this person around? You've done nothing to get me invested in his plight. And it's very frustrating. It also was a
0: tonal shift that I felt that the film just didn't execute properly. Uh, All of a sudden, it just wants us to take it very, very seriously and get very emotionally invested in this moment. The performances from the actors have all changed. The mood has changed. Everything has changed. But yet... Uh, I wasn't able to change. Yeah. Like I was still in whimsical, light, breezy, comical tone, even when those scenes were happening. You know.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. They di- they didn't bridge that gap at all emotionally. Um, there there was no weight. There was nothing to grab onto. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree.
0: I think like the moment in the movie that I think is the most like I think is the strongest. Uh, there there are scenes that are very strong and then there are stylistic flourishes that are strong. Like the scene transitions are stylistic flourishes that I really, really like. Like the uh, tarp blowing away uh, to reveal a new setting, uh, for example. Or uh, the giant hand uh, moment was really, was it really great? Yeah, that was really good. But my favorite scene is definitely uh, the one where Ben Wishaw does let loose and it's like every main character's, crammed into this one room and that really did remind me of scenes from in the loop and the death of Stalin and I think that's why I liked it so much the camera was handheld it felt more like Armando Iannucci's
3: style it did but it also felt a little incongruous with this material too like I would love to see all these actors in like a proper political satire from Armando Iannucci that would be a dream to me but it just felt like in this material itself it's like I don't know if that style really elevated the storytelling here. It was interesting at times, for sure. And whenever you'd have like those stylish moments or th- those kind of moments of banter that we know of in Nucci, she'd be like, Oh, yes, this is kind of fun. But I don't know if for a David Copperfield story, it really worked all that well for me. Yeah, it, I completely agree.
0: It, it was more it, accessible it's... than Tesla, at least. <laughs>
2: almost
3: everything
2: well, is. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like it, it's so funny when it's funny, but like that, it becomes the dominant tone of the film, and that's not the dominant tone of the story, right? You know, this is is you know, it's a building's roman, it's a coming of age, it's you know, following this uh this particular character from birth until you know um marriage basically and there's lots of ups and downs and the film doesn't have so much peaks and valleys as it does cliffs and ravines it just sort of like you know run 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 run, run. stop yeah and it, it just falls off this cliff every time it has to focus on, oh, right, there's a story we're telling here, and there are things that happen. Yeah, he's writing his own history down, and yeah, it's ultimately
0: the telling of like this character trying to figure out his place in the world. And as I said earlier, it is very basic storytelling. I, I've seen this a bunch of times, and not spelled out, as much as this movie does spell it out for us. It's a lot more uh, subtextual in a lot of other movies. But I think that's just mostly because at the end of the day, uh, the actors are all treating this like a bit of theater. They're getting on set. They're having a bunch of fun. They're improvising with each other and trading dialogue jabs back and forth. And in some cases, actual jabs when uh, Tilda Swinton and uh, David Copperfield get into a slapping, punching match. (laughs) So good. it's, It's fun. But you need to have a stronger reason to get your audience to care. And I'm actually like, because this is definitely a slight departure from Armando Inanucci's previous work, I... I, I don't want to pigeonhole him, but I, I, I think I want him to return back to straight political satire instead of seeing him take this established style and try to apply it to different genres and different stories. Because if this is the evidence of that, I just don't think it works.
3: Well, and also feels like he is still trying to get a little bit of the – political satire in this story, you kind of have this framework of, like, encroaching poverty and how Mm -hmm. pervasive it is in this society. And I think the problem, though, is it always feels like it is on the outskirts. Like, it, it always feels like an undercurrent that the, that is a theme of this movie, but it never really directly says anything about it. And it's almost like an itch that Iannucci has that he wants to scratch but doesn't want to at the same time because that's not really what the story is. And it just ends up feeling like a missed opportunity. And a place where the movie could actually do something kind of interesting that it chooses not to do and instead focusing on characters that we don't really care about yeah yeah. I want to give a shout out to
0: uh, Jaraj, uh Versani who plays uh, young David Copperfield. Yeah. Yes. He's good. Yeah, you know, he's good. It, he's
2: it, really it, it, good. I think
0: it's really funny how uh, Slumdog, Millionaire, Slumdog Millionaire Lion and now Personal History of David Copperfield. Dev Patel's got a trilogy of younger actors playing him. <laughs> <laughs> think about that. God. Um, but, you know, the cast is great. Uh, Benedict Wong has one of my favorite laugh out loud moments in the movie when he says, uh, "All this talk of thirst is making me thirsty." <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> there, there, yeah. there are little yeah. tiny moments, like little nuggets in the film throughout, uh, where the actors all get a line or a quip or something here and there that definitely kept me. It kept me watching, even though uh, after a little while, my brain just kind of turned off and. I wish I was more so experiencing um, these scenes as just that individual scenes at a time, as opposed to one continuous story, because I just didn't feel that they ever uh, gelled together in the end.
1: It's almost like Iannucci would work well in TV or something like that.
0: Oh, (laughs) you think? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Crazy. (laughs) That's a novel idea. (laughs) Well, let's hear, uh, final thoughts. Uh, how, it, what do you have for final thoughts on personal history of David Copperfield?
1: My final thoughts are that I really don't have many more thoughts about this movie. I mean, it, it, it kind of came and went. I, 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 I enjoyed it overall. I really did. Like, I don't want to, I, I don't want to portray that this is a super, uh, this is a, this is a terrible movie because I don't think it is at all. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. It's just not something that's memorable, uh, in any way. So, um, uh, if you really like period dramas, I think you'll probably like this even more. Um, but outside of that, this doesn't offer much other than a, a great Dev Patel performance and some some charming, you know, whimsical feel of a film.
0: So that's all we got. All right. What grade would you give it out of 10?
1: Uh, great out of 10. I
3: I'm a I'm a weak six, but I am positive overall.
0: OK. All right. Josh Parm, What about you?
3: The only other final thought that I have is I actually just want to single out one other performance, which actually may be my favorite performance in the movie, and that is Rosalind Elazar as Agnes. I really, really liked her. I thought that every moment that she had just felt so grounded and authentic and that she was funny and charming, but in a way that kind of, like, worked for that character. And it was the one instance where, you know, I didn't feel like I got a ton of backstory on A lot of people that I kind of needed, but she was the one where it sort of didn't matter and her performance kind of was the one that carried me through. So I really, really liked her and she's a member of of an ensemble that has a lot of good people in it, but I felt like her performance was the one that managed to stick with me throughout most of it i would say and making her feature film debut with this too yeah i which i you know i didn't know i didn't know anything about her but i she left a significant impact in this movie which i think was saying something certainly
0: yeah i I actually just wanted not to steal your thunder really quick but i do want to just go back one more time to Morphid clark uh because of the fact that i've seen saint maud and to see her in that and then also to see her in this i think speaks very 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 highly to the range of talent that this actress possesses and i cannot wait to
2: see more work from her in the years to, to come holy crap i didn't realize that that i or for completely forgot that that was her Saint mod yep wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly uh josh parm what grade out of 10
3: would you give it i am also going to give it a six out of ten it's Not bad. Like, it's fine. It's perfectly, like, charming in moments. And I did enjoy myself at many uh, instances in the movie. But it does have such problems with its storytelling, with its characters, that I can't give it a full-throated recommendation. But, you know, if you got nothing to do on a slow afternoon and it comes across your way, like, yeah, it's fine. Like, it's not terrible, but it's not a great
0: movie either. All right, Dan Baer, final thoughts.
2: There's this thing that Inuchi does in the very beginning of the movie where the older David Copperfield is literally like walking through the scenes of his life that is interesting. And then after the first five to 10 minutes, it's completely abandoned. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that should have been my first sign that something was rather off. <laughs> about the um, everything about the structure of this movie, but um, it wasn't. Uh, I I thought that the, the child's eye view cinematography, for lack of a better word, I thought was a really strong choice. Yes, um, aesthetically, um, it, it's not the movie's fault that it doesn't have many opportunities to do it again. But I thought it was really good when it was used. <laughs> Tilda Swinton's Delivery of the line Bless me you're very young To uh, Morford Clark's character is Hysterical it had me Rolling um, I, I just need to shout out Yet again the, the production design Of this movie Because mm. I have never Wanted so much wallpaper In my life <laughs> Like it, it's it's crazy because like with all the contrasting patterns and colors and just like varying brightness of colors like it should feel overstuffed and too busy but somehow it doesn't like they all complement each other in weird ways somehow i have a note here dan
0: about the costumes too about how they're colorful but not distracting yeah and i I agree that like the two kind of go hand in hand very very well here where they are standing out but not
2: so much that it's uh taking you away from the actors performances yeah i just i i really liked that part of it uh a lot the costumes and the production designer just they're top notch,
0: especially Hugh
2: Laurie's writing studio
0: to uh, King Charles the First. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> with the references to him like literally everywhere. It's so good. <laughs> uh, what's your grade out of ten?
2: Um, I am a little bit higher than the rest of you. I'm at a seven for it. Um, I I enjoyed it a lot, but it's not it's not a movie that I'm going to particularly remember. Maybe even in a week. Um, but it has its problems. But when it comes down to it, I enjoyed watching it.
0: Yeah. I enjoyed watching this too, for the most part, Uh, just barely. I I have to admit that I thought I was heading into this podcast. I really thought I was going to be the weakest one here in regards to my review for the film. Uh, But you know, It's interesting to hear that there were similar uh, experiences as I had with this, so I'm not alone there. But at the same time, it is a recommendation from me. I teetered between a five and a six kind of throughout. Um, I think I might be just giving it the six for Dev Patel's uh, delivery of the salad dressing line, which <laughs> got me to laugh so hard. Oh, my God. I was rolling laughing. Even though it was in the trailer, it still got me so good. I I, I think the comic timing in this is so excellent at times, and it's just so enjoyable to watch. It's like It's easy. It's something to put on, but it's not great. And that is why I can't say, you know, yeah, you must see this. But if you happen to watch it, you know, give it a shot. See what you think of it. I will ultimately give it a 6 out of 10 in the end. Uh, It is a very weak 6 out of 10. I don't know how many weak 6 out of 10s I've given this year, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, because it's so rare that it happens that way. But there was enough humor and enough entertaining aspects to this, and also, too, some daring uh, and interesting stylistic choices that, you know, it, it, it kept me there, even though time and time again it threatened to lose me. The personal history of David Copperfield was not as interesting as David Copperfield. Thought. I, I'm genuinely surprised at the Rotten Tomato score.
1: Last time I checked it was like ninety-three percent.
0: But that but that I think shows you that even with sixes across the board, that's how you get that number.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. All right. So in terms of like Oscar potential for this movie, because I, you know, by default have to mark it down as a potential costume production design contender. Mm-hmm. Yep. I wanted to consider it for screenplay, but it just I if we're all using terms like unmemorable, disconnected, and, you know, I, I just don't see how that's going to resonate with Academy voters in that in that way.
3: No. I, yeah, I think no. that if Ian Nucci couldn't do it for Death of Stalin, I can't yeah. imagine it happening for this movie.
0: What do you guys think about Dev Patel's chances for a Golden Globe comedy musical uh, actor nomination?
3: Could happen. I, I think yeah. that that's a definite possibility. It, I mean, it... It's still a maybe at this point. I wouldn't, like, say surefire that's going to happen, but that is totally something that I could see being announced during the nominations that he gets something for this movie.
2: I think it depends on how many more comedies we get for the rest of the year. Yeah, true. Because, like, it seems like there were sort of... We don't have very many of those.
0: (laughs) No, it's kind of like Andy Samberg, Dev Patel
2: and
0: Pete davidson
2: yeah i mean like unless something you know strange i like unless they choose to like say oh i'm thinking of ending things as a comedy (laughs) you know like (laughs) (laughs) which is something the globes would do you know I can, I can see it happening, but it'll be because it's
0: a weak year. Dan, your review mentioned uh, the score by Christopher Willis. What do you think of that prospect?
2: I, I mean, it's it's a nice score in the moment. It's not one that I want to go back and listen to. I, I don't think it's going to make much of a dent. I mean, there might have a regional critics group here or there, give it a mention, but I can't imagine that it'll be one of the standouts of the year. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. That'll do it here for our discussion on the personal history of David Copperfield here on the next Best Picture podcast. Daniel Howitt, where can they find you on the internet?
1: You can find me on Twitter at HowittDK. You can also find me on my other show, The Screeners Podcast.
3: Josh Parham? You can find me on Twitter at J.R. Parham. And Dan Bear, you can
0: find me on Twitter at and Dan and on Film, and you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, for everyone, for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, Castbox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time.
3: Matt, are you there? Oh, yeah, okay. I was about to wonder, like,
2: I know, did I, did I lose people? Okay. I'm like, I am done.
3: I, I think I heard, like, some rustling and maybe a door opening. Maybe he went out someplace. Yeah. I don't know if that's him, though. He hated this movie so much. That he just <laughs> he had to
2: get out of, out of here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Mm.
2: Like, but something I said?
1: <laughs> well, I'm hoping he... uh I'm hoping he still has the recording of your review or of all of our reviews.
2: Well, the good news is we're not too far in. So if we have to do it again, it's not a huge loss. Yeah.
0: Ah. Okay. Hello. Oh, there he is. I'm so sorry. My food was an hour late. Oh, Lord. And it arrived just now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go. (laughs) Keep all of that in there. Just keep the whole (laughs)
1: thing. (laughs)